Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Merry Christmas to everybody who made it to the playoffs. If you didn't, um, no. No Merry Christmas to you. You didn't listen you didn't listen to us enough, sounds like. Um, well, me, yeah, for sure. Uh, welcome in to the show. The <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, on today's episode, we are going through all the Christmas Day games as well as the Monday night game, um, and our starts of the week after that. So, uh, if you're looking for any other matchups, that would be on the previous episode where we covered, um, Thursday night game plus all of the Christmas Eve games, aka Saturday, for Jehovah's Witnesses that are listening. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, tonight was a pretty lackluster game. Jaguars took on the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson is done. <laughs> He's so bad. Um, Horrible. He's lost the locker room. I uh, don't know what they're going to do with him. Uh, but, yeah, that was a pretty pitiful performance. Um, if you're relying on Garrett Wilson, he got snubbed. Um, uh, the one play that he did was able to make, he ended up fumbling it. So that that's kind of sucked. Um, Zonovan Knight did, couldn't do anything on the ground either. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence did have a nice little game um, with a, a lot of rushing. I don't know if that's just because of the weather or if that's something they're going to try to do more often, but 60 yards rushing plus a rushing touchdown. Uh, that's what we like to see. Yeah, no, honestly, the running ability in this one, I think, came from the fact that the Jaguars could not block the Jets defense alignment to save their lives. Um you know, on the very first drive of the game, I think it was like the second or third play, they they got him for a strip sack. So they immediately shifted to, to you know, a bunch of quick dropbacks, um, you know, first read type of throws. And then when it broke down that quickly, he would just, you know, outrun the defense. So um, I think it was more just a matter of the gameplay. Um, what else? Anything else from that game? Any other takeaways? No, I was busy dealing with my son, and I did not see much <laughs> of that game. <laughs> It'll happen. Life will happen. Uh, all right, well, let's get into the matchups here. We got four of them for you today um, with the Christmas Day games, uh, starting um, with the, the first game, the Green Bay Packers taking on the Miami Dolphins. In Miami, the Dolphins are four-point favorites. The over-under is 49.5 points, which I believe – is the highest over under on the week. Um, and obviously going to be a good weather game, which is nice um, with all the other crazy weather happening around the country. But let's start, I guess, on the Packers side of the ball. Um, Aaron Jones was limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury. Uh, he's been dealing with quite a few injuries this season, but has not missed any games. He should be good to go, uh, but keep an eye on his status leading up to the game. 
Um, AJ Dillon was a full participant at practice on Wednesday after leaving Monday night's game with a concussion. So how are we feeling about this backfield? Aaron Jones must start, obviously. Um, but what about AJ Dillon? He's had three straight games of at least 16 points. Do you think that continues? Well, the interesting interesting thing about AJ Dillon is his usage hasn't really changed all year. It's been pretty consistent, and now he's finally scoring touchdowns. So, I mean, I guess you ride the hot hand if you like to do that kind of thing, but really he's getting those points because of touchdowns. This backfield is really intriguing to me because obviously Aaron Jones is a starter, but even at, at that point, you know, he, he does have plenty of games where he's scoring less than nine points for you throughout the season. I think he has, you know, seven times out of 15 games, he scored less than nine points. It's like pretty inconsistent. And now AJ Dillon scoring touchdowns. It's a volatile backfield in my opinion, but you got to ride the hot hand and you, you can't avoid starting Aaron Jones. It's just a dangerous uh, position to be in. If you're in the playoffs, I feel. Yeah. I mean, he's just been too good all year. He's one, he's one of those guys you, you put him in your lineup, you don't even worry about it. Um, the injury is obviously somewhat concerning, but never enough to take him out of your lineup. So would you feel confident starting A.J. Dillon in the semifinals? Um, you know, he's had, he had 18 attempts two weeks ago, uh, 11 attempts last week, and missed uh, a good chunk of the game. Still put up twenty point six fantasy points. It's all touchdowns, though. Like, like I'm saying, his usage hasn't changed. So you're you're kind of you know taking a risk, and it's a good risk to be taking because he is hot right now. Kind of reminds you of Jamal Williams earlier in the year, where he's going to score a touchdown no matter what. And that seems like what's happening right now. He's getting good goal line work. I haven't watched a lot of Packers games, but um, it seems like every time he does score a touchdown, it's from pretty close. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, he has been getting some, you know, additional work in the last couple weeks because Aaron Jones has been a little more beat up. So, man, it's tough, but it's a it's a decent matchup against the Dolphins. Um, you know, I think I would go ahead and, and flex him, honestly. There's a pretty damn good chance he makes the end, he gets into the end zone. The Dolphins right now they're only allowing you know, it's a season average seventy yards per game, and in the last four games they've allowed two touchdowns. They seem pretty strong against the run. Well, they're giving it, up. I mean, but they're giving up a lot of fancy points. I mean, they're the tenth worst against running backs on fancy wise at almost twenty two points a game. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. They're very strong against the run. But if they're throwing to running backs, that's where they get totally ate up. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. So like Aaron Jones seems to be the guy, right? That you would definitely. Well, actually, in the last four weeks, the Dolphins are fifth worst in points given up to the running back position. And that's all. Most of that has came from the receiving game. In the last four games, they've only given up let's just say uh, less than 300 yards on the ground and two touchdowns and essentially the same receiving wise, but you know, you add in receptions, if you're in a half PPR league, things like that, it, it, yeah. they're getting eight up on the ground or not on the ground 
against the pass with running backs. If you have a receiving running back against the Dolphins, they totally succeed. I'm looking at all these numbers, and it's it's all from receiving. Yeah, I see, what you're, I see what you're looking at. Yeah, last four weeks, they've given up the most um, receiving yards to running backs mm-hmm. and have given up the most touchdowns as well for yeah, you know, Trey, that those are good. Those are really good points. Uh, they've actually given up almost as many receiving yards as rushing yards to running backs in the last four weeks. Um, so you know what? I stand corrected. Ben JJ Dillon. Hey. <laughs> so it's the first time this year I won. <laughs> Eat shit. Take your life. Taking that to the bank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, but what about the receiving options? Is it still? You know, just Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs did have five receptions uh, in last week's game, which was his first first game back from IR. And Alan Lazard has kind of been a non-factor. You would know better than us, right? I mean, you're the Packers fan. <laughs> I know. I'm just giving you a chance yeah. to win another one. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm going to win this one. Tyler, what do, you, what do you got to say? Semi-final week, the only guy that you should have to start or be wanting to start is Christian Watson. Um, yeah. I, you shouldn't have agree. to start Romeo. You shouldn't have to start Alan Lazard. Um, you know, Watson has the highest upside, and uh, that's that's the only receiver I would be starting. Concur. All right. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. On the other side of the ball... Um, obviously Tyreek, Jalen Waddle are starting. Uh, but let's talk about the running backs. Jeff Wilson was limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday with the hip injury that kept him out of last week's game uh, against the Bills. Reports said he was close to playing that game. Uh, if he does make his return, how do we see him and Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert, uh, who had a big game against the Bills? Uh, tough run defense. How do we see them kind of balance this running game out? Mostert did have 136 yards on 17 carries last week. Oh, Raheem Mostert did miss practice on Wednesday. Apparently it was for rest. It's not really an injury. They're resting him. Yeah, veteran rest day. (laughs) Veteran. Yeah, well, I guess he is 30. But, um, yeah, it it seems like I would lean towards Raheem no, he's thirty. I just, I just seen it. Oh, he's thirty. <laughs> I've seen that you know, shit. I, I I've seen it with my own eyes. And I'd be leaning towards Raheem Mostert, but it seems like with this backfield, as the season progresses, whoever gets the majority carries is the guy you want. And it's a dart throw at this point if Jeff Wilson is going to play. Yeah, well, I mean, Packers haven't been good against the run um, all year, so. If Jeff Wilson doesn't play, Mostert could have a huge game. Um, Definitely. And that's probably why they're resting him, too. They they know that they're going to need him a lot on Sunday, so they're going to use him a lot. So I would, yeah, I would expect him to have a big game. And honestly, I would expect both of them to have good games um, if Jeff Wilson does play. Yeah, I could see that. If Wilson comes back, I don't think they're going to give him a, for, a full workload right away. Because um, even though. They said he was close to returning last week. Now reports are coming out saying that he's not feeling healthy enough to commit to playing to this week yet. So that's a little concerning when the player itself is like, yeah, I'm not sure about that yet, you know? 
Um, so if that's the case, even if Wilson does play, I definitely see him being pretty limited in a snap. So most are going to be the guy you want. Yeah. Um, high over under two in this game. Remember? So I think two is in play here. Um, you know, he's got two freaks that he's throwing the ball to again. The Packers defense has been underwhelming and not only in the run game, but also in the passing game. Um, I think he's a, he's a good start this week. Yeah, what about Aaron Rodgers? We never we didn't bring him up at all, but the Dolphins are giving up almost twenty two points a game to the quarterback position. It's the second worst mark in the league. I honestly, I almost made him my start of the week, <laughs> but I felt like that would be kind of, you know, a, a homer pick, um, or at least people might see it that way. And but I, I think he has a big game. Honestly, again, a high over under, really good weather. You know, um, Christian Watson is really a weapon, and um, I, th- I think he could have multiple touchdowns if the running game's clicking. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious because I see the matchup and it looks good. Um, but with that being said, like he hasn't scored more than 13 points in three in the last three games, um, and that game was uh, against the Bears, which is. You know, a pretty weak defense themselves, but the other two games, like he wasn't even close. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think it's a bit of a of a roll of the dice there with Rodgers, but I do like the matchup. It's a good matchup. Yeah. Just to drive your point home, it, it's not really. I think a matter of uh, you know Rodgers' talent, but they they seem to be running the ball way more. You know, the AJ Dillon's kind of emerging the last few games. Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown for more than three hundred yards at all this season. Yeah, so it's it's it seems like they're definitely leaning more on the run. You know, his, his best game was against Detroit with 291 yards, but he kind of fucked that up with having three interceptions. In the last three weeks, his highest you know yard total is 229 last week against the Rams. It, it's definitely not a horrible start. It's a very consistent borderline starter stat line is what he's been putting up. So, and if you're comfortable with that, he's definitely not a bad play. Yeah, and the only other part about that, there's this whole notion with Aaron Rodgers, like, I think right now he's feeling slighted. You know, everyone basically told him, like, hey, the Packers are done for, they can't make the playoffs. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers right now is, has a little bit of, like, a, well, watch me do this type of mentality. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before, that's for sure. Um, definitely competitive, so. Competitive, would, but yeah, but when's the last time we be... talked to his mom? <laughs> I think you have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Broncos taking on the Rams. The <laughs> just completely, completely shut down what you were gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, I'm all good, dude. Uh, Broncos taking on the Rams. The Broncos are minus two and a half favorites. Uh, the over under is 36 and a half points. Um, on the Broncos side of the ball, Russell Wilson is set to be the starter again after missing last week's game with a concussion. Uh, he actually cleared protocols before the game against the Cardinals, but was held out as a precaution. Uh, before the concussion happened, Wilson was having his best game of the season. Do we see that happening happening again against really a Rams defense that, like we said last week, really has nothing to play for um, and definitely aren't at full strength? Well, we were just talking about uh, how Aaron Rodgers did against the Rams last week. They're still a strong defense, and I 
Russell Wilson did have his best game of the year with three touchdowns, 27 fantasy points, blah, blah, blah. I think that's more of a result of playing from behind, as they usually do, and the Chiefs being a pretty shitty defense, especially against quarterbacks and through the air. So, I I mean, come on. Are we really going to fuck with like, Russell Wilson? No, I don't, I don't think you are, but... But you know it. It is. It is interesting to see what what could you know happen out there. But no, I don't think that anybody should be rolling. <clears throat> you know <laughs> that it's it's just too damn risky. You know in the semifinals. Yeah, the only thing it does do is right is elevate the receivers because he he right. is a better quarterback than his backups. So I think the receivers are you know they they look better now for sure. But Russell Wilson, fuck off! I'm not putting you in my playoff team. <laughs> no, I mean to be honest, I don't think there's anyone I really want to start on the Broncos offense. Um maybe Latavius Murray, I guess. Um if you're, you know, running back options aren't aren't great. Uh Latavius Murray limited at practice in Wednesday uh on Wednesday and missed practice on Thursday with a foot injury, so that's not looking good. Um head coach Hackett hopes he can play Sunday, but keep an eye on uh, his status through today and uh, Saturday. Yeah, I, it should be noted. Hackett said that the reason he didn't practice today is because they moved the practice to indoors, and so they didn't want him practicing on turf instead of the natural uh, grass field that they normally would practice on. And I'll just say this. It's a damn shame that you know he is injured right now because – We've been calling this. He is the majority running back for that backfield. And last week, he had a great game. 20.7 fantasy points, 24 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Ah, man. If he wasn't injured, he'd be a great play this week. He's definitely taking over that backfield when healthy. Yeah, for sure. I th- Honestly, I think you can still give, give Judy a look as well. Um, since he's come back from the injury, he is clearly the leading receiver on this team. He has... 21 targets over the last three games. So he's pretty much sitting there about seven targets a game. He does have 40 points over that time frame. I know one of them was a big game when he had the three touchdowns, but even if you take the touchdowns away, he still had a pretty, pretty solid game there. Um, so I think you can look at Jerry Judy as a, as a viable flex option. He was the fourth highest rated receiver per uh, pro football focus last week. We all know what he is though. He's a beast for sure. When someone can throw him the goddamn ball, all right and uh would you start anyone on the rams team <laughs> I <would not. laughs> yeah no. probably not i mean cam Akers is starting to come on though i mean he has almost 38 points over over the last three games pretty solid that that way you know you're talking about almost 13 points a game there so there is that but the broncos defense has been pretty good most of the season um, basically across the board, so it's just not something you should really take any strong consideration with. Yeah, no, I'm 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 all good on that. Um, the Broncos really haven't let anyone score, which is the big thing. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be looking for anyone uh, to have a big game on the Rams' offense. Let's move on to the Buccaneers taking on the Cardinals. The Bucks are six and a half point favorites. The over under is forty one points. This is a Sunday night football game. 
on Christmas. Um, over the last three games, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White are pretty even in production with Fournette edging out White by only 3.2 points. Do you see either guy taking over the backfield and having a big game this week? Oh, man. Um, honestly, no. Um, as much as like I w- you would think when you look at these two teams that even though the Bucks aren't very good, the Cardinals are not good at all. Uh, not to mention the quarterback situation there, which I know we'll touch on here in a moment. You'd think the Buccaneers are probably going to win heavily, but this is also the season where like the Buccaneers, when they seem like they should you know, beat up a team, they just don't. So this game could end up being slightly closer than what I think a lot of people expect, which is, means you're going to see still more of a traditional offense uh, be more balanced instead of it being extremely run heavy. The, the Buccaneers better be the shot of the Cardinals since they're starting a third-string quarterback. <laughs> but I, I, I'm totally with you on what you're saying. That there's been plenty of games where they should win the game and it's way closer than it should be or they end up losing the game. So I, 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 I'm totally with you on everything you said. I mean, yeah, the Cardinals on defense have been bad just all around. Um, I think I saw somewhere that they've given up the most points, um, not fantasy points, but like NFL points um, on the season. So giving up a lot of points, a lot of opportunity for this Buccaneers team to finally win you a week. Um, so I think both, you know, Fournette and White are in play like you guys. Um but what about the receivers? Mike Evans finally scored double-digit points last week against the Bengals. He had not done that since week eight. Um, can you rely on him? That is Mike Evans in the semifinals. <laughs> uh. I I mean, you probably don't have a choice in terms of like having him in your lineup, but man, I don't love it. I mean, it's a great matchup, and you think he should do well, but he's had a lot of good matchups this year where he's completely you know, gone silent in. So. It's tough, but I don't think you have any choice but to have him in your lineup. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's still getting a good amount of targets. And, you know, Tom Brady in the last four weeks, I think he's thrown almost 200 pass attempts. He's he's close to about 50 pass attempts per game on average, just a little underneath that. So they're throwing the shit out of the ball recently. And... Yeah, I mean, he's on pace to really throw more pass attempts than he did last year with 719 attempts last year. So when they're throwing the ball that much, you, you kind of got to throw out Mike Evans. You have to. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, the targets are there. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. <laughs> um, which he's, you know, supposed to be a red zone target and a touchdown guy. He has been historically. I. I I think he gets in the end zone this week. I think he, I think he's a good start against the Cardinals. Um, on the other side of the ball, Trey, you mentioned it. The Cardinals are starting their third string quarterback, Trace McSorley. Um, what a name. Yeah. He's, he's not great. <laughs> um, they McSorley. Will, they're going to McSorley miss Kyler Murray, uh, this week. Um, but yeah, he's taken over for Colt McCoy, who's been ruled out with a concussion. Um, he was who was taken over for Kyler Murray uh, before Kyler tore the ACL. Um, this will be uh, the 27-year-old journeyman QB's first start of his career. 
what are we doing with James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, and Marquise Hollywood Brown? My initial reaction is uh, nothing changes with DeAndre Hopkins. Well, it's going to be a little bit like less um, production probably, but DeAndre Hopkins is kind of proving himself to be quarterback proof, especially with his days in the Texans. So I think he'll be fine. What? what? Most of his days with the Texans, he's with Deshaun Watson, who's an MVP candidate. Like almost every year he was there. <laughs> and before that, though, I don't know. But even this year, it was. <laughs> When when it changed from um, Kyler Murray to Colt McCoy, it, it nothing really changed for him. The usage is still the same. Yeah, but uh, the difference I would say there is that we've seen Colt McCoy actually come into the NFL and play decent games. Trey McSorley has not played in a regular season NFL game. He's played in the preseason only. Well, his name's not Trey. Don't throw me into that conversation. I'm it's sorry, Trace. Trace. He sorry. played. He played last week. <laughs> he played last oh, week. Sorry, he did play last week. Yeah. yeah. Colt McCoy hurt. What did he do? Nothing. Yeah, okay. He's really bad. <laughs> he's really bad. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm worried about it. I mean, I would probably. Fuck, That's the only know, person man. I'd be start James Connor. Oh. Yeah. See, see, I think I would lean towards Connor, even though it's a terrible matchup um, against against the Bucks. But I feel like they're probably going to run him to death. Um, they're and he have might. To. Yeah. And then I just I have zero confidence in in Hopkins being able to even get a ball near him to catch it. Um, I mean, it's it's just... I, I, it's too hard, man. And the, the, the one nice thing you have with DeAndre Hopkins is because of the suspension, you drafted him late. Um, I think the earliest I saw him ever really going was the eighth round. So you have other mm-hmm. options. And so you should be good to go. He was really a luxury for everyone else who picked him up. Yo, and to double down on what I was saying about DeAndre Hopkins... He started playing with Deshaun Watson in 2017, and that was definitely when he started to take off. You know, he had you know four top five seasons in a row, but in 2014 and 2015, he finished as you know number 14 and number four receiver. Who were those quarterbacks? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. <laughs> when he's out there, no he gets the ball. Were... That's a good question. A little trivia question. Um... Uh, we could we could look it up. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't know off the top of the head. I'm just saying he he's played with okay. a you know a, a decent plethora of quarterbacks and and still produces when my he's in, on the okay. field. My Is that initial, car? I think no, it wasn't car. I think it was Matt Schaub, uh, Schwab. Car uh, the Bro, Schwab the Schwab. Yeah, uh, Matt Schaub was good though. Give him his respect. All right, so you just so <laughs> your point is uh, that's funny. All right. Let's move on. Chargers taking on the Colts. Uh, Monday Night Football. The Chargers are four and a half point favorites over under 46 points. Um, any hesitation starting Keenan Allen or Mike Williams this week against the Colts, who are still one of the tougher matchups against wide receivers this season? My answer is no. I have no <laughs> hesitation whatsoever. In fact, I might be talking about one of these receivers later in the show. Well, ever since Keenan Allen's came back from injury, he's definitely been extremely consistent, which is totally on par with his you know career performance so far. You know, he's had four straight really good games, starting worthy games. Mike Williams, as per usual, pretty inconsistent. You know, he came back from injury and had twenty points in Week 14, and then. 
8.7 last week in week 15, which isn't horrible, but you definitely want a little bit more than that. Um, Keenan Allen, I'm definitely confident in. And me, Mike Williams, I, I would like him could j- just because of that boom option, you know. Here comes the boom. I like them both. Um, Throwback. No no one go with that with me on that. (laughs) I wanted to, but I can't remember how. I can't remember the rest. Good song. (laughs) Shout out to Nelly. Obviously, here comes the boys from the south. Boom. And that's enough of that. All right. Uh, (laughs) Boom. Yeah. So start, start Keenan, start Mike. Um, But what about Gerald Everett? He is the tight end eight on the season. He's seen at least six targets in three straight games. Do it. Are you doing it? Are you going to dive into it? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was still looking up the Houston quarterback from 2014. Oh, uh, I'll just say it. <laughs> it was Case Keenum, by the way. That's who it was. Oh, the gremlin. So, the goblin. Case Keenum. So, yeah, kind of drives my point home. But um, anyways... Joe Everett, but he, I think he's been pretty consistent. You know, obviously he's tied in eight the season, and when you get that many targets in an offense that's throwing the ball somewhat decent, Justin Herbert's having kind of a down year. He's worthy. Yeah, they throw the ball a lot. That's for sure. You gotta start Joe Everett. The tie-in landscape sucks. He's about as consistent as they come. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts are benching Matt Ryan again, this time in favor for Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. Wait, um, wait, wait. You mean big dick Nick? If that's what, you, if that's what you call him. That's what like everybody him. calls him. Whispering sweet nothings. Um, <laughs> I'm not whispering. Everyone's saying it, dude. That's his name. Um. All right, with Big Dick Nick in the fold, uh, do we see the offense and its passing game uh, being better with Foles instead of Matt Ryan? Can't get much worse, right? <laughs> no, it can't. Certainly cannot. And, um, yeah, I mean, maybe start Michael Pittman. That's it. It's a risk. I mean, I, I'm in a league this you know, this week in the playoffs where I'm either starting Michael Pittman or, um, damn it, who was I thinking of? Or Devonta Smith, you know, who's dealing with a, a backup quarterback himself since Jalen Hurts is probably not going to play. He's not. He's been ruled out. Oh, he has been ruled out. So, yeah. you know, you know, two receivers I do like and have been on kind of the same par all year. They're both having backup quarterbacks step in. Who would you guys rather have in your lineup? Hmm. Um, that's a good one. I go Devonte. Um, it's a more explosive offense overall. We know what Gardner Minshew can do. He's come in and done it. Um, even last year he had decent games coming in and um, you know, in relief. So I'd go. I would go with uh with Devonte. I know we know what Nick Foles can do, but this offense as a whole in Indianapolis hasn't looked good all year. I don't know if it's a scheme thing or what, but it just doesn't seem like that offense is just clicking in any way. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Give me the guy that's on the offense with some sort of life and momentum because the Colts have none. So, And who knows? I mean, Foles could come in and sling it around, but it's it could be absolutely nothing or maybe a big game. But 
Devontae I will say this. Feels safer. I will say this. I would take Michael Pittman over DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, what? I would too. Yep. Oh man, that that that's a tough one. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I don't, Nick I don't Foles think hasn't like really done anything great since 2020. He had a couple good games last year. He played one time, had a solid game with one touchdown. But I see where you're coming from with Trace McSorley throwing the ball, who's I honestly know absolutely nothing about. Yeah, I mean, I, at, I least, see where you're coming at least from. Foles has done something. <laughs> Oh, what was that, 2016 or something? I mean, it, it's a result of us being old. I think we might be falling in a little bit of a trap here. I mean, I even if he's older, I mean, I'm still taking the Super Bowl winning quarterback over the guy making his very first start who barely made an NFL roster throughout his career. That's a good point. Yeah, 27 journeyman. Ugh. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would go Pittman. Um all right, uh, backfield for the Colts. Yeah, Zach Moss or Deion Jackson. No Jonathan Taylor. You starting either, either of these guys? We talked about this on the waiver wire episode because you know we had a good feeling that Jonathan Taylor was not going to play and potentially be out for the rest of the year, which is what's happening now. He's not going to play. And Deion Jackson is... Got it. It's so hard to predict, really. Here, it's no. Zach Moss, right? Last week, he had the majority carries. Came mm-hmm. in, played, you know, sixty-seven percent of snaps. Had twenty-four carries. Deion Jackson still pretty involved. Had thirteen carries. I, I think we said this on the the podcast for the waiver wire episode. It's interesting that Jonathan Taylor went down, and they still ran the ball thirty-seven fucking times between Deion Jackson and Zach Moss. So I'm leaning Zach Moss. Yeah, I was an advocate for uh, for Deion Jackson during the waiver wire episode, just off the initial thoughts. But the more I look into it and the more I think about this, Zach Moss just seems like the type of ball carrier that uh, that uh, Saturday is going to want to have leading the charge. He, I think Jeff Saturday has a bit of an old-school mindset, even with all the years playing with Peyton Manning. I think he's going to want to see the bigger back and let him, you know, put his head into into the defensive line 40 times if need be. Yeah. You're yeah, you're probably right um on that. I, I to me I just I don't think there's too many people out there that are needing to start either one of these guys, you know what I mean? I just at, in the semifinals you probably have better options. So well, if you had JT in your lineup, you got to make that decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully you had some, some depth there. But if not, I mean, I guess Zach Moss. That's for real, though. If you had JT in your lineup, you might not be in the playoffs if you didn't have a strong team because <laughs> JT was a bit Probably. of a letdown this year. Just a little bit. All right. Let's do the starts of the week for the semifinals. Who wants to start? Oh, let's think. Let me, yeah, let me do it, dude. I'm just biting at the fucking heel right now, <laughs> N- nipping at it. Shout out to the dogs. Um, <laughs> I, 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 okay, that's a weird dog, but okay, put that dog away. Put it down, probably. Um, 
<laughs> so my quarterback start of the week is going to be Geno Smith versus the Chiefs. Um, I wrote this horribly. Let me see this here. Okay, yeah, so the Chiefs only had two games this year where they've allowed less than two touchdowns to a quarterback. Every other game so far in 15 games, I guess 14 with a bye week, they've allowed at least two touchdowns. The only two quarterbacks they didn't allow to throw two touchdowns or more would be Malik Willis and Bryce Perkins. So naturally, <laughs> right? <laughs> which which makes sense when you hear those names. But so it seems like even like you know the most average quarterback can still score at least two touchdowns against the Chiefs defense. Geno Smith has been absolutely on fire, um, excluding last week against the 49ers, but he still had 14 points against a very strong 49ers defense. But if you exclude that game, absolutely on fire, and he's had at least two touchdowns in 11 out of 15 games. So Geno Smith, you know, two touchdowns plus against the Chiefs, I, I think that's an absolute lock. Lock it in. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope they can keep that game close because right now I'm not very confident in the Seahawks this weekend. But uh, Lock it in with lock it out. <laughs> Lock Got it, it. Alright well my Start of the week at the quarterback position Gonna go with the old man Tom Brady Yeah. Gross. Oh my god gross <laughs> He might He might be going out there with a walker But man he's he's For the most part getting done He Has he been the player we thought he was gonna be going to the season Where he was literally a top five quarterback um, Which he has been for season After season after season now um, oh. But he has been he has been terrible either though, right? He's been right. average. So, but this week he has a really good matchup against the Cardinals. They're giving up almost twenty points a game to quarterbacks at the, in the bottom ten of the league. And this is one of the few games this weekend that is not going to be affected by bad weather. And so you're going to see a lot of lower point totals when it comes to quarterbacks. And I see Tom Brady rising above those levels to give you a QB one finish. You know, and you lost me in the first half, but you got me in the second half. I'm with you on that. <laughs> also, Mike Evans is going to score a touchdown, so there's that. We'll see. Um. All right, my quarterback start of the week. Um. Some people out there might be might be hesitant if they squeak by with this guy. Um. In the last round, and they're wondering if they should start him in the semis. Uh. Because on the year, the Colts aren't too bad as, as far as points given up to the quarterback position. But this week, uh, Justin Herbert taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The last four weeks, the Colts have been 26th in points given up to the quarterback position. And if you just look at what happened last week, what Kirk Cousins did to them, um, yeah, this this team can give up some, some points through the air. Um, he has all his weapons. Everyone's healthy. I think Justin Herbert, you know, has one of those big boom games this week that uh, we all know that he's capable of, but he's been showing us that he has a pretty wide variance um, so far uh, in his career, which, you know, go back to last year, he was pretty consistent. This year has been less consistent um, to a fault, but I think this is a big game for Justin Herbert and the passing attack of the Chargers. Let's hope so, fantasy-wise. Oh, and I better be for their playoff hopes as well. Yeah. They're, they uh, got shit to play uh, for. Yeah, sort of the Raiders, so the Chargers can just continue to lose. Hopefully they'll play from behind and don't win the game, and All he right, scores what, a lot of points. What are the Raiders playing for? 
playoffs. It's Tears. a uh, it's a low percentage chance, but it's possible. <laughs> You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there is. It's a, it's a very small chance, but yeah. They're, they're just hanging out by the bar, putting off the vibe, hoping shit happens right. <laughs> Trey, so, your running back? My running back start of the week is going to be J.K. Dobbins versus the Falcons. The Falcons are pretty much one of the worst rushing defenses. Uh, one of the, did I say that wrong? One of the worst defenses against the rush in the league. I think they're like bottom four. And in the last two weeks, J.K. has been putting up pretty solid numbers after coming off of IR. In those two weeks, he has 245 yards on just 28 carries. That's over eight yards per carry. And if you've been playing fantasy for a while, you know, before he went down and missed, you know, like the last two years, he was averaging six yards per carry in his career. Um, sorry, I got a little distracted there. But oh, um, dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just yeah yeah let's just let that sink on the edge of our seats. Second. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, keep in mind he he's doing that. You know, two hundred forty five yards and twenty eight carries on. He's only playing forty percent of snaps in the last two games. Obviously, they have him on a snap count, but when he is in the game, he's getting the ball. He continues to get more healthy. I think he's going to get the ball a lot more, especially against the Falcons. They've allowed over a hundred rushing yards in the last three games. He seems like a great play this week. I like yeah. it. Yeah, for show. All right, I'm going to go over to the Midwest. We're going to Cleveland here, where Alvin Kamara will be visiting the Browns. Um, this is quite literally probably the worst weather game of the weekend. We were talking about like 60-mile-an-hour winds. It's going to be crazy. No one's going to want to play in it. So it's going to be a rough day all the way around. But with this weather with those wins this is going to be a game where you see them running the ball a ton so kamara is gonna get his chances this week he's been kind of inconsistent this season um, at least compared to his previous seasons and how good he has been but that's i think more a product of how the offenses ran as a whole and not just him uh, but this week they're going to be completely re- relying on him to get the ball you know going and try to win this game it doesn't hurt that the Browns are also giving up 25 points a game to the running back position. It's one of the worst marks in the league. And so uh, I think Alvin Kamara is going to come through and give all of our fantasy managers out there an early Christmas gift. God, I hope so. Um, I would also say that um, Taysom Hill could be a big Taysom Hill game um, this week. He almost was my tight end start of the week, but I didn't do it. But it just it feels it feels like one of those games where um you know they could scheme Taysom Hill in a lot because of the weather so and because they can't stop the run but anyways uh my running back start of the week is going to be Kenneth Walker the 3rd uh coach Pete Carroll said Thursday that Walker is in line to play Saturday at Kansas City um it sounds like he's going to be good to go. They were just resting him, um, not taking any risk. This team is fighting for a playoff position. Um, it's a bad weather game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. They don't have Tyler Lockett. Um, and even though Kenneth Walker was still dealing with the ankle a little bit, he still put up a decent game against probably one of the best run defenses in the league in the 49ers. 
And like, you know, when we saw this kid, when he was healthy, Pete Carroll loves to establish the run. I think he's going to want to do that in this game um, as much as possible. So yeah, I think Kenneth Walker comes back and has a big game for fantasy managers. Well, I'll tell you this. One of you will be right. <laughs> Whether it be Gino or or, <laughs> or Kenneth Walker. One like of you is going to be right. I like those odds. I wouldn't be surprised if it was both, but I'm definitely leaning towards Gino um, with, you know, going, going up against the Chiefs. Probably going to be playing from behind, so th- this should be interesting here. Uh, um, my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Devonta Smith versus the Cowboys. We all know Hurts is... You said he was ruled out or no? He has been ruled out, yes. Okay, so he has been ruled out. So Gardner Minshew is going to be his quarterback. Not really the worst downgrade you could have when it comes to the NFL with your second-string quarterback. And Gardner Minshew is known to be a gunslinger. So he's not going to be afraid to throw the ball downfield, target the guys he sees open. So things are looking good for Devonta Smith. Plus, they get to Dallas secondary this week, and they've been absolutely getting torched in the last you know three or four weeks or so. In the last three weeks, they've allowed seven wide receiver touchdowns. You know, just a receiver, seven touchdowns. And in the last six weeks, Devonta Smith has been getting way more involved in the Philadelphia offense. He's averaging more than eight targets per game for those for the last six weeks. So I I think. Even with the change at quarterback, Devonta Smith, you know, at least getting six targets, it's someone you want to be looking at. All right. See how that goes. And that's a pretty crazy stat for as good as the secondary has been and this defense has been for the Cowboys. Giving up eight touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four games is pretty massive. Uh, I think they're also giving up like the second or third most yards to games to the position. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he should be be in line for a good game, even with Dallas Coder. So, I like the pick, man. I appreciate it. It's seven touchdowns in the last three weeks, but either way, they are getting torched by NFL standards. According to this, it's eight, but okay. I maybe I read it wrong. But either way, <laughs> seven or eight. Either way, they're, they're letting it's, touchdowns happen. It's not good either way. Uh, <laughs> all right. So my receiver pick of the week is gonna be Chris Godwin against the Cardinals. You already heard me talk about Tom Brady. Good old stacking for the win. Stack it, pack it, head to the ship. <laughs> is that the is that the motto for the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Stack uh, it, pack it, and head to the ship. Oh, good, dude. I'm gonna use that for mine too, because I'm also gonna stack it, pack it, and head to the <laughs> ship with my wide receiver star of the week, God Mike damn. Williams. I'm stacking, packing, and shipping with my quarterback, Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, no, look, I mean, Mike Williams is a boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust, boom guy. And, uh, this week we're on the boom. So how do you like that for analysis? Um, but in all seriousness, I really do think they're going to kill the Colts through the air. Uh, Colts have been bad as of late against, uh, the pass. And, um, it's just this, this team can really turn it on and, you know, give you a huge high ceiling with with these players so yeah i like mike williams this week to have a big game you're looking for the boom boom i'm looking I for that you. boom 
Yeah, well, when he booms, he booms, that's for sure. So my tight end start of the week is going to be Darren Waller versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers are a stronger defense against tight ends, but we all know what Waller is capable of. He has been out with a hamstring injury, and in his first week back, he caught all three of his targets for 48 yards and a touchdown. He only played 49% of snaps. Before he went down, he was playing around 80 to 90% of snaps. So I really don't see um, it being a big issue expecting at least six targets, hopefully five catches, you know, 70 yards, something like that. And that would instantly make him a top tight end for fantasy. Absolutely. He came back last week and had a great game. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to, you know, keep that going. Yeah, he'll just play more snaps and hopefully get, you know, more targets. Uh, my tight end start of the week, I'm going to go back to the NFC East rivalry. I'm going to take Dallas Godair against the Cowboys. So I understand that on paper, this is not the best matchup. The Cowboys are actually the third best defense against tight ends, only giving up a little more than six points a game. But before Dallas Godair went on IR, he was averaging 10 points a game across the season. He was on pace to have by far his best season as a professional. And so... I mean, 10 points, as we know, 10 points from your tight end. That's like a top eight performance week in and week out regardless. Right. So mm-hmm. I think he picks up right where he left off before he went, uh, you know, went on the IR. I think Dallas is about to give it to Dallas. <laughs> oh, it's a Dallas orgy, baby. You're going to stack it, pack it. Head of the shit. Head of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my tight end start of the week. A uh, bit of a deeper play here. Cade Otten, the tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's facing the Cardinals, who have given up the most points to the tight end position all year. Um, Otten has 16 targets in the last three weeks, even with uh, the stinker last week against Cincinnati, only getting one target. Uh, but it's a good weather game. Um, he had a 10-target game two weeks ago against the Saints. I think uh, it would be foolish of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not to at least target Kate Otten against this defense who is you know, getting torched by tight ends all year. I think there's a good chance he gets some red zone targets and uh, hauls one of those in for a touchdown this week. So, yeah, I like, uh, I like Kate Otten as a deeper tight end play uh, this week. Also, this, Taysom. <laughs> this is going to be a, an interesting thing this week because uh, – we have Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, and Kate Otten as starts of the week. James has already definitively said that Mike Evans is scoring a touchdown. And I think we all concurred that you could probably play both Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Got a lot. So we're taking, on that game. we're taking all the bucks is what we're the saying. Bucks. I mean, honestly, though, the Cardinals like are in this. Yeah. They're, they suck right now. They're not good. Um, so. If there's ever a defense to take advantage of right now for Tampa Bay, it's it's got to be Arizona. And it's a big game for them too, trying to seal that uh, seal that playoff divi- or that division with uh, a losing record. Yeah, they're no longer the the NFC South. They are going to be the NFC seller. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, all right. Well, that is all the. Oh wait. Ooh, you think I forgot? Oh. You think I forgot, dude? I was going to say, hold up. Oh, man. Just making sure you're still awake over there. Uh, I'm here. 
Stinky's defenses of the week. All right, so this week I got two defenses for you. First one is going to be the Buccaneers versus the Cardinals. I think this is pretty goddamn obvious, but it, it might not be because <laughs> the Buccaneers again. That's all. Where every anybody who has Tampa Bay in front of their name, just play them, okay? Everybody. I guess that's what we're leaning towards. It, but the Buccaneers defense, someone we expected to do a lot this year, has been pretty goddamn underwhelming. But this week, it, I mean, come on, man. They're on a 250-yard par three, just teeing it up and swinging, <laughs> baby. They're hitting the green. Like They're going up against a third-string quarterback and Trace McSorley. We've already covered all of this stuff. The defense has not been very productive this year, but they do have a lot of good players, and they're going, to, going up against a third-string quarterback. You have to start them. Hopefully they'll get you know at least one or two defensive touchdowns because it's going to be a shit show probably. And the other defense that I have for you this week is going to be the Chargers versus the Colts. The Chargers are a team that we expected a lot from earlier in the year, but things have not really happened. They're like ranked number 30, I think, with defenses. And obviously that makes them one of the worst you know fantasy defenses right now. But in the last few weeks, they've kind of picked things up. They were missing uh, Bosa most of the year. They got him back. And this week, they faced Nick Foles and the Indianapolis Colts. Once again, another defense against a backup quarterback. And before Nick Foles even played for the Colts, the Colts in general, when it was Matt Ryan at quarterback, give up the third most fantasy points to defensive defense or third most fantasy points to fantasy defenses. So. With Nick Foles in there, I I think the Chargers are in line to have a pretty good game. Both teams playing backup quarterbacks. Definitely you want to have them. The Bucks and the Chargers. Those are Stinky's defenses of the week. You're already here first. Go win your fucking game. <laughs> I like those picks. I like those picks. I like those picks. Uh, uh, before, you, before you get going, the Chargers... Tampa Bay is owned in a decent amount of leagues, probably like 50, 60% of leagues. The Chargers, though, only run 20, 30%. So you you could probably pick up the Chargers if you're really about it. Oh, I'm about it. Picking them up right now. Um, all right. Guess. That'll do it for uh, the Christmas episode, Christmas Miracle uh and our starts of the week for week 16. So we appreciate you all listening very much. So um, hit us up, I guess on Twitter at the FF fathers. If you have any more start or sit questions, who should you start this guy or that guy? Uh, we're happy to answer those um, as soon as possible when we see him on Twitter. So uh, again, that's at the FF fathers, hit a like subscribe, maybe a rating of five stars or higher. And uh, we will catch you guys all next week for championship week, baby. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I thought you were going to say one more thing. (laughs) Nope. I'm done. Cut me off. That's